everyone, and welcome to the Marvelous Podcast, where we are dancing in the moonlight. I'm joined by Abby. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, you have been saving that. <laughs> you can tell we've not recorded for a week, can't you? <laughs> He's got the good stuff ready. <laughs> and I'm joined by Laura. Hello. <laughs> That's it. There are no other moonlight puns that I can make. Oh, That's, that oh. is it, I'm afraid. That's It's all downhill from here. So, sorry for missing a week, but we are back to talk about episode two, Summon the Suit, and episode three, The Friendly Type. Um, I'd say we're probably just going to mash them together and talk about the two as one. Um, so, Abby, what did you think about the last couple of episodes? Yeah, um, I really enjoyed last week's. Uh, this week's, I was sort of up and up and down with um i think i it, i couldn't settle into it quite so much and i thought it was quite interesting um i was very along for the ride last week i really just kind of enjoyed it really felt like i got everything um great time was had and then this week i don't i don't know whether it was just kind of that slight inversion of the characters um mm. i perhaps found more affecting i just i and change of location and changes. It was a, there was a lot of change, and it's one of those things where you kind of have to sit back and wait. <laughs> and I'm not always good at that. And I think that last time we talked, I talked about how nice it was to sit back and wait. But I guess I'm falling back into some old habits. Oh, well, what did you think? Uh, similarly, really enjoyed episode two. Mm-hmm. Less so on episode three. Um, didn't dislike it. But was a bit. It just felt like a bit of a. Uh, okay, this is some stuff we need to get through so that we can then get on. And um, listening to a number of the critics who've had the first four, a number mm. of them have said that three is a bit of a, a lull, and then four something amazing happens, which seems okay. to be the pattern. Four or five seems um, right. with these shows, doesn't it? Seems to be something happens. I really like Mister Knight and his introduction. Okay. Um, but I think, to be honest, I'm not half as interested when it's Mark as I am when it's Stephen. Mm. Right. I think he's a bit boring. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I think mm. I think I've probably got some some sympathy for that thought mm. as well. Or we don't know Mark so well. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't had the time building his character that we had with Stephen. And okay. his personality is very much based on the night mm. aspect. Yeah, his personality is kind of Oscar Isaac in a lot of films. Mm. Not necessarily the films I'm thinking of, though. <laughs> <laughs> when I think of Oscar Isaac. <laughs> um, I think I'm a bit the same. I've, I, certainly the last episode, I'm very ambivalent on this series at the moment. Mm. I'm just like, oh, okay. I don't really care about the stakes. I don't believe they're going to raise a god who's going to kill millions of people across Earth in this series, you know? I think they're probably going to try and somewhere along the end. Um... I, Stephen's stick has not gone very far with me, so I actually quite enjoyed having Mark. But mm. I think that's because episode two, I got really frustrated. And at one point I was like, this show needs to start telling me stuff. Like, stop keeping me in the dark, because I feel like it's doing it on purpose and it's really annoying. Um, and now we've got Mark and someone who is kind of giving us some backstory and explanation and interacting with Konshu. Mm. Um, it, it is feeling like, oh, the, it's actually arrived and now we're getting to see stuff. Uh, I, I just feel it went a bit too long before we got to that point. But even so, yeah, this really felt like a lull. That's a very good way of describing it, Laura. Like, oh, okay. We got to meet some characters. 
I think I just so enjoyed the section with um, can't remember Ethan Hawke's name. Harrow. Ethan Hawke. Harrow. Harrow. Yes. Yes, because it's Was Ethan it Hawke. Harrow. Right? Harrow. Arthur Harrow. Harrow. Oh, Arthur Harrow. Oh, okay. I thought I it was like Arrow and it was like... <laughs> no, we're not Arrow, that crossover. Like it was a, you know... <laughs> no, Arthur. 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 Um, anyway, I really enjoyed the interaction with um, with Arthur uh, last week. And I particularly enjoyed kind of the cult section and mm. and all of, all of that stuff. I just found that very compelling and very interesting. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think that this week I felt like all all of the work that was done with Arthur last week was sort of slightly diminished. Um, he was just kind of very much sort of there creeping around in the context. And I, yeah. Being the I, villain. Yeah, just in it. Seems to just now be the villain. And I, I, I think he thinks he's doing the right thing for the right reasons. But there's a couple of times I'm like, I also feel like he's just doing it because he's been burned by Conchu and now he wants the world to burn yeah particularly that last bit yeah that last bit Mm. i like the last bit kind of more than much of the rest of the episode and and i do like the idea that he is this sort of recovering conchu avatar (laughs) Um, yeah that was an interesting reveal i think with this third episode one of the things that i was quite disappointed with is that i as I mentioned before, I really liked Egyptology when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and if people haven't seen in the show notes of the last episode, the Tutankhamun exhibition at Dorchester is still open. And I have included a link <laughs> to the website. <laughs> so um, should go if you can go, do go. It's amazing. Tell us. Um, anyway, and so then when there was going to be the this council of the, of the gods, of the big daddy gods and mummy gods, um, then I thought, oh, this is going to be impressive. And I understand the way they did it, but it was so grounded that it was like, oh, that isn't very spectacular, is it? You know, you do know you have CGI, yeah? Can mm-hmm. perhaps do something a bit more... It was kind of a council Jazzy? meeting. Jazzy? Sort of like a socially distanced town council meeting, wasn't it? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think yeah. even if we... Uh, and it was effective, the whole when they were possessed by their, their gods. But I don't know, if you'd seen like an image of the god in the same way that we see Conchu, mm-hmm. an image of each of the gods go, going into them, or just something, so it felt a Sitting bit grander. Them or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whereas yeah, it was more yeah. kind of like, oh, my eyes light up a bit, and now I'm now I'm the god. Mm. Also, they did kind of whip round them quite quickly, so I'd sort of forgotten which was which, and I just I just wanted to have them have some characters and things, because yeah. again, if there's one thing that Egyptian gods have got, it's, you know, character. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that and Stargates. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we're coming to that. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a crossover? I would be here for that. Yeah, a crossover. <laughs> it, saying that, you know, they, they, they forgot they had CGI for doing that. I will say the effect of the night sky spinning thing at the end was incredibly well done. Where where Marvel doesn't always get its big stuff right. Sometimes mm. it's a bit beam of light shooting into the sky standard stuff. But that I quite liked. You could see what was happening and what they were doing. The, the minority report moving the sky thing. Yeah. I quite enjoyed it, thought that was a, a nice crescendo yeah i thought it looked good uh i thought they probably could have just googled or something i was gonna say i'm pretty sure there's like a way back machine for sky i, I, I yeah. think that's easily I, I, achieved on an ipad i looked just to see how easy it is and you know you put in what does what do the stars look like two thousand years ago i didn't get exactly that come up 
But there was a Gizmodo article. Here's what the night sky would have looked like 10 billion years ago. So I'm figuring if they can do that, if they find an astrologer, they can probably do... They find an astronomer, <laughs> not astrologer. I always get those two mixed up. <laughs> they could probably they could probably um, get a nice map going on. And if they found an astrologer, they can find out how people felt Is, about it. Isn't the problem that they didn't know which date it was? Well, Conchu knows. Conchu knew. Because he was like, I remember every day. I know that day. Well, he knows, that he knows the day, but he wouldn't be able to say, oh, it was this year by your calendar. I don't think we know that. I, I don't. I don't. I, well, I don't how do know they know when to stop? I don't know whether that's my because he because he can remember that day and his mind is going to that day in his mind, but he couldn't say. I the mean, date I'll, that I'll, day. I'm happy but to headcanon it because it deals with the issue. Yeah, I think that's just my headcanon for why they didn't do that in the first place. Yeah. Especially because her gadget seemed to be incredibly whizzy about working out the location based on the stars and so on. Like, yeah, I bet that it had, was some that app had a setting that would have told them. I bet. Well, you just do that thing where you point your iPad at the sky and it knows everything. I mean, that's that's the thing. It's annoying because people be do it a lot. Yeah, it just, I, yeah, I, I did feel like there would have been a, a faster, less, now we have to put the god in the stone and your suit doesn't protect you anymore sort of way. But I guess, how will you get the Jeopardy for episode four? Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I really like the effect, though, of when the gods were turning him to stone, mm-hmm. the fact that it was actually an idol. Mm. Um, I thought that was that was really cool. The, the, the sort of thing the British Museum might pilfer and stick on display. Yep. Good on. I'm sure they probably got um, a few. Love the scale stone. of it as well. Yeah, I and and that was the the thing with it that's most interesting is okay, we've seen him at the height of his powers and being able to do stuff and be a really cool, kick ass kind of dude. Now we're going to take his powers away and see how we can cope without it. It's it it is fairly standard superhero video gamey fare at this point. And I think someone said about how, you know, episode three or, or midway through the series being a bit of a lull where we have to have all the exposition. They've been doing this long enough. We shouldn't be getting standard stuff in the writing. We shouldn't be getting patterns and, and lulls occurring. They Surely they, they know this. They watch it in the same way that we do. How is it still happening that we're getting to this point of, oh, it's this episode where they do this thing? I mean... I suppose I suppose there were lulls and it, but it wasn't all bad um and I think different things might appeal to different people but I suppose if everyone is saying there was something of a lull there I mean you can't have a format of something necessarily being exciting every week every week I mean Matthew you said you were a bit kind of worn down by the last mm. episode whereas I was very on board okay. mm-hmm. with it so I think if they'd had another episode like last week, um, I would have been quite happy and you might have stopped. I'm very annoyed, like, tell me what's blooming going on. Choose what's it. Um, and, and maybe that's part of it, though. Being told what is going on is essentially not very interesting. And this, I think, is sometimes a problem with the kind of mystery format and, and the storytelling in and of itself. Finding out what's going on, unless what's going on is super interesting, is not as interesting as seeing just what is happening mm-hmm. because finding out is by definition not watching things mm. happen in, in a sense because um, because you're right the cult stuff and and him meeting ethan hawk and having that sequence was really interesting i really enjoyed it i thought there was an element of terror to it 
you know, that he's in with the person who is is the villain, whilst also you know, finding out a bit more from it. But but then this one, the, some of the big exposition is that it's a council meeting, and then he goes to the the guy who buys stuff, who was just the most standard rich villain type. The bit I really liked with Ethan Hawke was uh, where he was talking to Stephen about Conchu and said, you don't have to do everything he says. And I thought, oh, mm. that's so interesting. And I, I just so enjoyed this kind of Stephen trying to explore the meaning of this incredibly weird relationship that he's only just begun to try to define and understand. And also for us as the viewer, it becoming kind of less of a um, sort of heightened possession and more of a kind of venom situation, mm, you mm. know, comedy parasite. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Something something like that. Um, I really enjoyed how much development that conversation gave the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't feel like we got to have so much of that sort of development this time. And I think sometimes spending time with Mark, this whole thing about, you know, where Mark is like, oh, you don't really know me at all. And I just think, she should probably know you a bit, a little mate. Bit, yeah, you know, <laughs> like I, I, I'm just starting to find that character quite irritating, in in the vagueness. It's it just sort of like blank. I know after having had so much character from Stephen, mm-hmm. uh, and I was, and there's the whole thing that we talked about before, where when Stephen kind of talks to himself and fills the silence. So they just felt to be they felt that there was so much more coming from him versus the same amount mm-hmm. of screen time with Mark. Particularly as Mark tends to beat up people a lot. So that takes up, you know, some of the time. Um and I thought it was really interesting this time seeing Layla's reaction to Stephen. Mm-hmm. Now she's getting to know yeah. him more. And there was definitely a little look of oh mm. alternatives maybe are available. I like this <laughs> And I really liked uh, seeing more of Layla. Got a tiny bit more of her backstory, although I don't think anything we didn't know about. Actually, no, maybe we didn't know about the father's murder before. Mm. Um, and I like the fact she can handle herself. Mm. Mm-hmm. And the necklace blades were very they cool. They were mm. awesome. I like that. Mm. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think, does she know about Konshu and the gods being real? I thought so, because I thought she knew about the suit. She knows about the suit, but I don't. I don't know because that's sort of what I was wondering. What Mark was talking about, really, in that kind of mm. you don't know me, you don't really understand what's going on. Okay. I wonder if she sort of thinks of him more as a kind of superhero. Yeah, because I think when she was talking to Stephen about the you know some in the suit, some in the suit, I think she said, "I've seen the suit." Mm-hmm. So it was there was no kind of. There's, I don't know, there wasn't any mention of Conchu then at all. And I just think it, it's sort of... Conchu's been there in the background when she's been there. Mm-hmm. And she definitely can't see him. Well, unless she's just really good at ignoring him. Well, she, she couldn't um, see the dog thing, could she? So, no, mm. no, absolutely. And I, I just, thinking back, I don't think Mark or Stephen have actually mentioned it to her or around her and she she so doesn't she doesn't know that she doesn't do the thing that people so often do they're like is he there is he listening is he here now you know yeah she doesn't do that or what yeah why can't you get country to do so mm. and so so it seems like that is missing so would that mean although wait a second there was the conversation before they moved the sky 
when Conchie was saying what he was going to do. Mm. Hang on. She was there, but I don't know if she was part... What did she think was, was happening? Was Stephen talking? If... Well, no, she because she, she was running around with the thing mm. while it was happening. So she knew what was happening, but Conchie had Stephen, had Mr. Knight doing it with him, didn't mm-hmm. he? So maybe she thought it was... Just him. Mr. Knight moving... I don't know. I'm curious if we're going to see a, a reveal. I don't think she knows that Conchie's after her. It's, it's definitely ambiguous as is. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I just thought you, you wouldn't explain the suit without mentioning the, the background of the powers. But yeah, maybe he has. it's just assumed to be him. Or not. Yeah. And I, th- I wonder how meaningful that actually is. Like, I think that that sort of thread of what Layla does and doesn't know and why and why not it just felt vaguely confusing mm-hmm. and and a little annoying rather than sort of purposeful storytelling mm. i don't know i don't know i do wonder if it it's deliberately ambiguous so that then we have a i don't know a conscious reveal to yeah. her or something or steven mentioned something mm. she's like i'm sorry mm. what now mm. um mm. Uh, and i think the the other thing in talking about like who's in control of it and taking it over at different times, there are clearly times where one is suited more than the other. And Stephen arguing against Mark to say stop hurting these people because we don't have to hurt them, where clearly there are times when Mark and the powers are needed. And that's the thing he needs to do. And it's it, you know, we have seen it save him from scrapes earlier on where he didn't know what was happening. And there are also times where Mark needs to give up because there's all the Egyptology knowledge that Stephen has and the history of it that is, is useful, clearly, and of benefit to the mission. And again, it just feels like, oh, at some point they're going to come to an accord where they can, you know, Venom's are probably a very good comparison, Abby, where they can swap in and out and who sits the situation and deals with it and so on. And I don't know whether it's just because we've seen that story and we've seen that story recently that I'm like, can we just get there now? Can we, can we just get to that? We don't have to do all this. Or he actually realises, oh, you know, me trying to be a pacifist isn't good in this situation because they're just going to stick spears through me. And... I did like the speed, though, with which he was like, Mark, take the fucking yeah, I really did like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I suppose with, with the powers missing, I wonder if that's where they become more evenly interesting because Mark is obviously somebody who very much relies on physical power. Well, but he, healing suit. he didn't use the suit for the fight on the rooftop. So he is still, you know, take away the suit. What are you? I'm still Bruce Wayne, Master Ninja. Type. Yeah. Why didn't he use it? Can he use it during the day? Well, he is. It Have is we seen the him during the day? night. Hmm. Interesting. Discuss. What if the moon's up during the day? Well, the moon's always there, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. So, but I don't know if it's in charge. I don't think we've seen him be moonlight in the day so far. I don't think we have either. So maybe that's what, because otherwise I'm like, we'll just use the suit. You need this information. You know, there's the intimidation mm. element as well as the, you know, just the mm. mummy mm. guy coming after you. And the crescent-shaped cape. That was that was nice. Which was awesome. I, I did like that. Cape. Yeah. I did like that. Although him being grabbed by his cape was very um, Incredibles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. No capes. <laughs> Superhero by night is definitely an interesting, like a time-based superhero. Mm. Yeah, I, I quite, mm. I quite like that. Huh? Is, is this, it is that now? Yeah, is this yeah. the downside of that that we don't know this character very well and we haven't really researched? So, mm. 
powers and, and details of it, we don't know. So it will be interesting to discover. Yeah, I, I didn't. Th- I would think of it as, for me, not so much a downside because I'm curious to discover as long as they explain it mm-hmm. at some stage. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, why he didn't use it there, I didn't think he needed to. You know, the guys with well, knives that he could clearly beat. He could, but he wasn't getting mm-hmm. the information he wanted. Mm-hmm. And you add in like a weirdy superhero guy. I mean, the Maybe guy that scares them. Killed himself to not give information, like. He was not, no no level of intimidation was going to. Yeah. But I, I like that. I got the impression that was just a very well brainwashed mm, child, mm. which, and I thought there was a, I thought there was a lovely moment um, of acting mm-hmm. and just this kind of existential horror. And I felt like that was, that really was just, just such a great look um, to have for that moment. And mm. it conveyed the kind of tragedy of, of um, Arthur's cult. Yeah, I think it's interesting because also earlier in the fight, Mark pulls his punches with the kid. Instead of punching him, he kind of slaps him down. Mm. Mm. Which, is that because we're being set up for three's a crowd? And our third personality, which seems to have potentially turned up this time. Mm-hmm. So setting Mark up as being not quite as brutal as whoever number three is. The one who I think they said was speaking Arabic. The taxi driver says you were speaking Arabic. Well, he does he says, speak. He, he's he comes around and he speaking speaks. Arabic. He comes around mm-hmm. and says something in Arabic to the taxi driver, and the taxi driver's like, "Oh, you speak Arabic now, so why are we behaving like a foreigner?" Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I, I thought, think I thought that it was right. Okay. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think we've seen Mark speak Arabic before. <clears throat> I don't know why I'm thinking that. I okay. don't know when from. Maybe not. Maybe not. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, so. Curious to see who this psycho we seem to have. If they're <laughs> out stabbing Mark, yeah. I think that's pretty stabby. Mm. So, are there other aspects of it that we haven't picked up that we want to discuss? Is there anything in particular that you enjoyed from them that I've not brought up that you liked? I can't go a moment longer without mentioning uh, Gaspard Uliel. Mm. Uh, just one of the most beautiful men, a man so beautiful that I have worn Bleu de Chanel perfume for twelve years. And he is very sadly no longer with us. And I'm just, I'm very sad. I love him a lot. I was so excited that he was going to be in a Marvel series. And um, and he was. Mm. And it was great. And who um, did he play? Uh, he was Anton, the uh, the billionaire on the horse in a dressing gown. Ah, okay, I see. I see. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that. At one point, my wife said, why is he wearing a dressing gown? And I said, look at him. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, fair, yeah. Yeah, I thought he was going to be in it more. Yeah, I thought he was as well. And I I don't know if if he was. I wonder, Mm. because I... Uh, I thought thought his accident was after filming had finished. I thought so too. And I originally thought that he was going to be in more episodes, so I wonder if they've cut a storyline. Because he gets stabbed and we don't see any... Like, it... It really is. They, they chuck a spear and it's gone. It, he makes and that he's noise in the distance. It, yeah. And I wonder if they've... I don't know. Yeah. But I wonder if they've done something. Because I really thought he was going to be a major character and possibly staying in it. Um, yeah, it's quite a big there's, there's no mention on uh, Wikipedia of anything about reshoots or changes to it. Uh, certainly on his page. I haven't looked at the development page mm. yet, but... Hmm. I rather stereotypically thought he was going to be playing Duchamp. 
Oh, that would have been nice. But I'm guessing not. <laughs> no. Hmm. We haven't met Duchamp yet, have we? No. No, and I wonder if we will or if it's just a nod. Yeah, at least right. Mm. Like it's yeah, I think it could be it could be a little fandom gift. Mm. Cuz I've seen comments that the statue that he talks to, the statue person that he talks to is someone from the comics and is named after someone from the comics, but I don't think anyone's expecting to be that person in this series. Mm. Oh, Crawley. The Maybe. gold statue Maybe. man, you mean? Yeah. 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 Hmm. Because despite the unfollowing and avoiding stuff, there's still stuff that appears. It is impossible to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, just Oscar Isaac's performance in this is, I think, amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly now when we're getting the switching between mm. Stephen and mm. Mark quite quickly. Um, and also when he was in um, The Great Pyramid, when he was being possessed by Konshu <laughs> yes. and then dropping out of it when he stopped speaking... I thought that was that was really convincing, really convincing, because yeah. he kind of managed to look confused and yet angry, <laughs> yeah. and yet not in control, and yet, and I just, yeah, really, really convincing. Yeah, Conchu has the sort of venom thing of larger than life, just move their heads off, do this thing, yeah. and and he absolutely brought that across just by sort of booming and and you know like saying. <laughs> Made himself more imposing almost with it. Yeah. Yeah, it worked. Yeah, I thought mm. that was really. I like when Stephen called Conchu the pigeon. Conchu <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> is a bit of a. I'm trying to think of a word I can use without us going explicit, but he's an a hole. <laughs> and I quite like how grey he is and that mm-hmm. he's not. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're led to believe he's the better. Of the of him and Amit, but I'm curious to see when Amit turns up if she does, whether she is as evil as she's being painted, or is she also, you know, just a bit of a brat. And I think it's also you know the interpretation. You know, Arthur has this very strong presentation of of Amit and Amit's kind of righteousness and decisiveness and so on, and. Uh, I think it'd be interesting to see if we can see the relation of the god to Avatar as well. Mm. Um, you know, is is it true? Is he using her powers and so on appropriately? Yeah, because I don't think we've sort of seen him talking to Amit. I don't think she's talking to him. I don't think he can. Him. No, but isn't that the point that he wants to kind of raise her so that mm. he can? Like, is she not? Well, she's not a goddess. Trapped? She's a demon. Okay. So. I don't know if that's different as far as whether, mm. you know, he can see her and talk to her. So maybe it's just kind of the power rather than the avatar. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. And I, she, I, she might not be happy with what he's doing. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I, w- I think it will be interesting, and I, I wonder if they'll go this way, that it might be the reverse. That he's like, oh, she's just and does the right thing and can save millions and... and you know, weighs people across their whole lives. If actually it turns out she's kind of a flip of a coin sort of person, yeah, mm. and doesn't necessarily do that, and he then has to, you know, decide about actually is that right or not. Mm. Everyone has this potential in them either way. I'm also super suspicious of Conchu because although it was Harrow that said it, so we don't know if it's 
true or not. But he said that Conchu's been searching for Amit's grave, <clears throat> Amit's tomb, for you know years. Mm, okay. Why is why is Conchu looking for it? You no, know, is it not that he? It might not be that he wants to stop Harrow. It's more that he wants to be the one mm. to engage with her or what have you. So I don't know. Mm. Take her power in a beam of light shooting into the sky. Maybe, blue blue beam of light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he'll have a blue one. She'll have a you know purpley one. And yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Wiggly woos. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think there's something really, again, quite pleasing about all of the different ways that these things can go, and that there are all these sort of relationships and tangents between the characters and the avatars and the gods, and there are quite a lot of layers. It, again, it's still not a lot of main characters. But the sort of web of relationships and debts that they owe each other and mm-hmm. connections that they are forced to have and aren't forced to have and have chosen, apparently. I think there there is a lot of meat in this. Mm-hmm. And again, last week we talked about, you know, they've brought in the good actors. And again, I think they, they are making the most of them. And um, I've been trying to revisit some Ethan Hawke content this week. And if there's something he does very well, it's acting in the grey area. Mm-hmm. Um uh, and playing sort of men who start out thinking they're all right, but as it goes along, start to wonder if actually they just suck. Um, and I think he do- he does a great job of this. And uh, I'd be interested to see if that's the kind of arc hmm. that he might have. Yeah. So it was a thing we commented on as as the episodes were going on. It, uh, the chap who played the cigarette smoking man in the X-Files, I remember when I was a kid watching him talking about it, and him saying the best villains are the ones who actually don't, think they're the villain they think what they're doing is yeah. right and it should be achieved by anything and and it's absolutely true they make the best villains and there are times it's like that what he's mm. doing is the right thing and he believes in it and it's going to be good and he treats people well and he's a decent person otherwise but there are also times i th- I think it's that council meeting where he then started lying because he knows he shouldn't be doing what he's doing and it's like i i almost would rather see him defending what he's doing yeah. and justifying it and then saying well he's not done it yet and we're not the ones to judge him on something he's not done yet you know, we'll punish yeah, him when would, he's done it. Absolutely, that would you know. be much more a- aligned with the mm. ethos of, you know, Conchu's whole thing is he waits until they've done it, and here he's mm-hmm. trying to get them to stop him. Yeah. Um, although, to be honest, Harrow didn't exactly need to put up much of a defence, did he? Because they go into that council having, you know, uh, I think it was Conchu saying, we need an airtight case, otherwise we can't go before them. And they don't say anything about a scarab. They don't say <laughs> about what he's been doing. They don't say anything about the jackals. Yeah. Do you know, they just kind of go, he's doing it. He's bad. Stop yeah. him. And then get hung up on um, on uh, Stephen's multiple, not Stephen, mm. well, Stephen Mark's multiple personalities. Mm-hmm. Which I thought that was very interesting, the way Arthur sort of tried to weaponize that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And I thought that was really quite well written and, mm-hmm. and sort of quite I thought what it said about Arthur was as interesting as anything else as a character and I felt like the show really came down on, on well that's a choice that Arthur's made here <laughs> yeah and remember he's not the goodie yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I just thought it was interesting with that that it appeared to me at least that the other avatars were there by choice and were avatars by choice mm-hmm. whereas Mark isn't and conscious as far as we know, I don't as far know as we, we know, know. Mm-hmm. but I don't, yeah, and um, definitely conscious threats to take Layla if Mark 
somehow gets mm-hmm. out of his grasps. That isn't a consensual thing, is it? That's true. Mm-hmm. So then their talks or the talk of um, I can't remember which god it was, but um, actually saying this is your opportunity to mark if you are being basically abused by mm-hmm. Conchu. This is, you know, your your time to say, which he doesn't. Well, I think what we have at the moment is that Mark is essentially in debt to Conchu, mm. and he's. But I got, that's the relationship that they have. But I, I'm not sure Conchu's meant to be doing that. Ta- you know, taking an avatar. Yeah. And having them in sort of this servitude type position. Mm-hmm. So, but at the same time, Mark does quite like being alive. Well, yeah. Um, I just I, I got completely sidetracked with with the remembering that um, Stephen is a vegan, and wondering if Mark is, and I feel like there's a real essay to be written about that. Uh, well, if Mark isn't, then third personality must be because he's the one who suggested the steak date. Sorry, must not mm-hmm. be vegan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. True. So if that wasn't Mark, then... and there's an implication that, that was Mark. Do you think there is? I think. Oh, because I thought it... so. Well, we were definitely only dealing with two people to Although start Although Mark with. doesn't seem like the sort to seek out someone for a date. Or put on a British accent so she's not then surprised when she speaks to so... Stephen. Hmm. Also, Mark is also with Layla. Ex- well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so I'm wondering if it is oh, the third good one. Point. Oh, good point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would like that if there were more people involved and, and that added up on the way. And then you could watch it back and put more pieces together. Mm. Because there's there's a third character in the comics, but that's another British character. There are quite a few that come and oh, go in the comics. Okay. There's yeah. only another one I've heard of Jake. Mm. And there is still whatever the uh, security guard kept calling him. Scotty. I've forgotten again. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Which I mean that 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 came up in the last episode as well, so that's two episodes running. They True. Mm. Sort of have that. Interesting. It would be interesting to find out. The, there were a couple of things that I've been talking. I've remembered that um, I think I picked up on because I was listening back to our Spider-Man episode, uh, No mm. Way Home. Go and listen to it. It's excellent. Which everyone should. Thing. It's very very good. Really good. <laughs> um, but the couple of points that you made in that Abby that in that second episode really stood out to me. The first is you, you talked about the thing for when female characters are killed, they have to show that the female characters chose to be in the situation where they were killed. It's, it's not down to an action by our hero that they have ended up dead. And yeah. just the point that Mark says to him, if you if you show her that, she's going to be killed. And so he doesn't show and puts it back in the bag and she then goes into the bag and pulls it out. Mm. was just a... I, I think I lean more, Laura, on what you said about it. she's got agency and she wants to be involved in this and she's making the choice to be there. But, yeah, it is so that if anything happens to them, it then can't be laid at the feet of our hero and, and make them ambiguous. I feel like once you've noticed it yeah. as a thing mm-hmm. that happens, you, it, it starts to really lay the groundwork. I just I also listened to that podcast the other day and I'm embarrassed enough to say that I made myself laugh in the street, <laughs> which was really shameful. <laughs> but then also on that point, I was so fervently trying to explain. I believe I said, I just think it's interesting. I think 16 times <laughs> in the space of about five paragraphs. So, um, sorry. 
We've well, talked about this on previous podcasts because you have so many different tones for it. Sometimes it comes across that you think something's interesting, and sometimes it comes across that everything you've just said is wrong. But I just keep repeating it like some kind of very strange well, person. The other, I mean, the other thing that I thought was interesting was you called out the use of certain language, certain terms mm. in Spider-Man mm. um, that we've seen here, and which are almost more surprising here. For a show dealing with someone's mental health and mm. and perhaps need for assistance, to then start walking around and calling himself mental. And but saying I think that that's true to his character. Well, that's that's where I'm on the fence about it, because it does feel like something someone like Stephen might say, but at the same time, it then means other people are seeing it and going, it's okay to say that, where perhaps better, more nuanced language should have been used, because this is how we talk about things and it's going to be used as evidence for how we talk about things. I, I think that's an interesting note. And I, and I think because <laughs> Thank you. It's interesting, in the it? Spider-Man mm. episode, which <laughs> interesting was that? Is it genuinely interesting? <laughs> it, it is. I am fascinated, Matthew, that you pointed that out there. Um, because I think, I think you're right, Laura. I think that Steve might well say that. And I think that he might say that from the inside, as it were, um, and I think that my point in Spider-Man, which I, I do quite firmly adhere to now, I think, is that it's not what Spider-Man means when he's using those particular mm. words about himself. That is not what he is trying to convey. Whereas I think Stephen is using the word mental mindfully okay. of, of what he's talking about. Not necessarily well, okay. not necessarily positively, but I, but I think... He is trying to convey a, a sense of, that he may appear unwell, let's mm. say. And I, and I think that later when he says, you know, I'm not well, I, I think that, that that is how he sees himself. And I, I agree, it's a term to use carefully, but I think it, it might be right for the character. I was, I was quite surprised on Wikipedia that there's a line... In, in Oscar Isaac talking about his acting and getting to do this performance where he says um, he enjoyed being able to do something really effing nutty with his portrayal, including exploring Spectre's complex mind. And again, it feels like that's not necessarily the language you used when you're playing a character with actual mental issues. Yeah, that is an interesting... And, and, and I think I, it, it's not something I would have so necessarily picked up on. Um, except for you saying it and hearing it on the show and but, on the thing. But I think, in, in have you had a chance to see Spider-Man since those things? Because it Ooh. just it sticks out for me so much. No, I, I suspect it will now. You know, in, in most things, <laughs> I I think you know, there's language in passing and there's kind of emphatic language. You know, the question is always, what are you talking about, and mm -hmm. and who is doing the talking, and kind of why is it those things. Um, because yeah, Spider Man does not mean Spider Man is is using a colloquial word for something that does not relate <laughs> to the actual yeah. thing that he's feeling. Yeah. That's that's the reason the use of the word is a, is a problem. Mm -hmm. He's using it in the problematic sense. Yes, true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he is not referring to the issue at hand. And I think that um, e even there, I would say that perhaps it is more with reference to the issue at hand. Um, but yeah. Mm. Mind you, I wouldn't want to do a Marvel junket anyway. I think I'm always a little wary of, of some of the quotes that people get stuck with when they're doing back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Well, 
You know, it could be worse. Imagine having to come out and talk about a Harry Potter film at the moment starring Ezra Miller. (laughs) Imagine (laughs) having to face questions about that. Speaking of just uploaded Johnny Depp. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We just oh, watched dear. the uh, Agatha Christie film the other day as well. I mean, it's just, there's a lot of cursed franchises mm. Mm. at this time. But um, and I suppose it's difficult as well for actors because there are contracts mm-hmm. and you they get rather it. stuck in them. Mm. You, there, are, you really do have to do things that. Um, and and uh, the interviewers are there to try to get the answers, try to get you to say something that will get them the headline, mm. that will get the you know interesting yeah. moment for it. Yeah, yeah, mm. it's all about being quotable. Mm-hmm. And I suppose that's coming back to uh, to Moon Knight. That is one of the things that's quite interesting. Oh God, I stop using the word interesting. We're gonna have a moratorium on, on interesting. I'm gonna just remove it from my vocabulary. I can bleep entirely. it if you want. Yeah, could you? That would be great. No, no <laughs> just do a ding with a counter. The number of times you say it, it would double my editing time. So. Uh, um, it's a charming it's quirk. Like. Charming quirk. <laughs> It's not. It's really annoying, especially <laughs> when you can listen to it. I can only apologise. Um, yeah, the thing I like about Moon Knight is perhaps that it isn't necessarily so headline grabbing at this time. You know, it'd be quite difficult to title a piece about this. It'd be quite hard to find a, a pithy clickbait to get you in. It's. Um, it, it's very it's it's not particularly episodic it is very continuous mm-hmm. and yeah again we had a, a slight shift in, in pace and interest but i absolutely wouldn't stop watching like i am yeah i'm really enjoying it uh which perhaps did not necessarily come across from my review earlier um i just find it very very watchable mm, good i think i think it's it's hard because we watched it at the same time we finished off peacemaker and that grabbed me uh. and was really good and doing stuff I didn't expect with good broken and it was exciting to watch broken characters dealing with stuff coming coming off the back of watching Star mm. Treks and Supergirl and the Flash and things which are all supposed to be perfect shiny characters. I'm hoping Moon Knight gets to the same kind of place and does stuff that I'm not expecting. Does something interesting. Choreography. Yes. <laughs> yes. If <laughs> if Moon Knight had the same intro as Peacemaker, we'd be watching it so much all, all the time. <laughs> Just bringing us back to yeah. um, Mr. Knight. Mm-hmm. I really love Mr. Knight. I particularly love Mr. Knight. One, that that's the suit that Stephen summons because it's a suit. <laughs> and two, he then land. his introduction I thought was really good. And he lands in the superhero landing and then tips over onto the side. <laughs> And I do wonder if we're going to, when he was emphasising that he's Stephen with a V, I do wonder if that's in prep for meeting a Stephen with a PH. Mm, for Stephen? Strange. Well, I don't know. No, I, oh no. I was going to say all Stephens I've ever met that have a V introduce themselves as, as Stephen with a V. <laughs> and, and, but then, yeah. yeah inter- what, what an interesting take, yeah. A Scottish Stephen with a PH. Didn't you say the other one's called Scotty? No, what? Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. 
Oh, you mean meeting? In the Marvel. I thought you meant one yeah. of the other personalities was going to oh, be called no, no, Stephen no, no, no. Meant... with a PH. Oh, God, that would be confusing. <laughs> well, exactly. That's why I was like, <laughs> that would be quite an effort to go to. Okay. I'll tell you there. what, though. If he is Scottish, and that's why they're calling him Scotty, <laughs> right? and then Oscar Isaac can pull out a Scottish <laughs> accent. I'll tell you what, if we're going to whip through those accents in a day, that's, <laughs> that's a treat for no, the internet. I meant, I meant can Dr. I... Strange. Okay. I am, I am with you on your joke now. Uh-huh. <laughs> Can I just put in again, because I am still seeing people go, that's not a London accent. It is. My neighbour's got it, and I was very close to sticking my microphone out of the window yes, when he came out that. to have a shout about his car. We need that. <laughs> but also, you know, London is a big place, and it has a broad variety of classes, accents, dialects, and also people do shift their accent depending on who they're talking to. It's a thing. Um, this is a perfect accent, and I am willing to make that point as much as is needed until I stop seeing people trying to call it out because you're wrong. I think, <laughs> But I'm, I'm notably, I'm not saying that on Twitter because I just don't want to fight yeah, people no. about it on Twitter, <laughs> but it's true. I'm going to say it here. No, I entirely agree with you. And I would say, even for the people who don't agree with that, if we do take it that Mark is the base personality, then you've got an American trying to mm. do a mm-hmm. British accent, which he happens to have landed on very well but you can also see i think if you said to a lot of american people do a british accent it does tend to go a bit cockney if it's not going um uh, downton abbey yes yeah. <laughs> those are kind of the two options mm-hmm. i do love it when you get an american character and they sort of try to do something in a british accent and i i always watch things with subtitles and it usually says in british accent like oh it's lucky you said that <laughs> <You're right>. <laughs> <laughs> Because how would I have guessed? Any Is there any more for any more? Well, I have had the very important Doctor's alumni watch I've been keeping up. Okay. Excellent. Any more? Yeah. So episode two had Billy Kennedy, the male bent cop uh, working with Harrow. He was a Doctor's alumni, as was female onlooker number one. <laughs> Who I there wasn't a picture, so I'm going to assume that was probably the lady who said fancy drunk. <gasps> oh, I really did want to pick up fancy drunk as as the term I will be taking from the right and using regularly. It's fine, I'm a fancy drunk. I love it. And then episode three, Yatzil, who was um is it Hathor's avatar? Hathor? Mm. Uh so the one that was actually saying to speaking to Stephen afterwards, the lady there saying, oh, you need to go to so-and-so's sarcophagus and what have you. Um, She was also in Doctors. So, yeah, only one from episode three, but we also have the guy who played Beck was a backing dancer for Madonna. Wow. So there you go. (laughs) I'm not going to start that count. That just happened to come up while I was doing the Doctors. Cool. (laughs) They must have had, like, the big book of Doctors casting. I mean, I know everyone in this country has to go into Doctors, otherwise they're not allowed to continue in acting. (laughs) It's, it's Doctors or Midsummer Murders. You make a choice. <laughs> I got quite excited when I was going through the um, IMDb because so many of the actors and sort of um, smaller part actors are British. So I thought, oh, it's going to be mm. Doctor Tastic here, but um, there was only a few. Oh. Also, they really called the character Billy Kennedy like neighbours. Oh God! Yes. Apparently so. Apparently so. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> that is a very good place to finish off. And please do keep us surprised. Um, so we'll be back next time for episode four. We're now over halfway. Uh, episode is apparently called TBC. 
It's a weird title, but fine. That's catchy. <laughs> you can, as ever, you can get in touch with us. Have you had thoughts? Have you noticed things? Is there stuff we're not talking about or stuff that we have talked about that you could disagree with? Get in touch. You can find us on most social media, media networks at Eloquent Gushing. You can find Abby on Twitter. At this AE show. And you can find Laura on Twitter. At Laura Geeks Out. Also, feel free to get in touch with us how right we are. Yeah. Always happy to hear that. I've got a closing fact uh, from the credits. If yeah, go for it. Courtesy of my of my dear wife. Um, you'll notice that the moon face changes as it moves into the credits each time. And the moon face is changing correctly. So often when people do moon phases, they do them the wrong way around because people have this idea that it should be all symmetrical and it's the other way. Anyway, Moonlight's got it correct. So good job on the moon there. Yeah, I thought you said moon face. <laughs> and I was thinking, I've really not been paying attention to these credits. <laughs> phases. Phases. <laughs> Yeah, they have been doing the crescent very well throughout. Mm. It feels correct. Mm, good on so them. So is it waxing or waning? It's doing whatever it's supposed to. Okay, good, good. Because <laughs> I don't know which is which. It's doing the right thing. Waxing is when you get more? Yeah, probably. Because waning feels like when you get less or something. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Mm. I've learned something. That's the thing to write us on Twitter. What do you think waxing and waning is? And what are they doing in the credits? <laughs> Please discuss. <laughs> I think we're just going through a moon cycle in the credits, but anyway, I like nice. it. Join us next time for that more fascinating conversation. Marvellous. Marvellous.